If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, Robert Pattinson's favorite Batman podcast. My name is Becca, and the Batman is the amazing. My name is Josh, and what is this? Good cop, bat sh- crazy cop? It's a good movie. Okay. You want to talk about pizza? I do. We have a bit of news that we have to cover before uh, we get into reviews for movies that we've seen. So, so check out the timestamps if you want to skip this discussion on pizza. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, we're recording this right after we watched the Batman movie, so... Actually, no. We're recording this the night after we watched the Batman movie at 12.40 a.m., so if anything's off, that's why. (laughs) Okay. But, like, we're not waiting a week to do an episode. We're recording this, like, only four days after we recorded our last episode. Yeah. Or, well, released our last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, These these takes are fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one piece of news that we've forgotten to cover last week was that uh, the the Batman has a calzone that, that is being made for it by Little Caesars Pizza. Uh, it's called the Little Caesars um, Batman Calzoni. And here's the ad copy for it. The Batman Calzoni is created by combining a pizza lover's own dynamic duo Calzone and pizza. This movie doesn't even have Robin in it. This bat-shaped product features a tantalizing flavor profile of buttery-tasting calzone crust filled with garlic white sauce, cheese, and julienne pepperoni combined with a pepperoni pizza served with a side of crazy sauce, registered trademark. The new menu item will be available for $7.99 starting January 24th. So it's been out for uh, about a month now. Okay, okay. I have a couple things I want to say. So flavor profile, you'd be like, ooh, what sort of like interesting things are they doing with this? It's just a pepperoni pizza. It's a pepperoni pizza and a calzone mixed into a single item. Also, julienne pepperoni. (laughs) It's just sliced pepperoni. (laughs) There's no other way that pepperoni is usually served on a pizza. Uh... Anyone can now bring superhero vibes to pizza night by trying the new Batman calzoni, said Jeff Klein, chief marketing officer at Little Caesars. It's the most delicious part of our partnership with the upcoming film, The Batman. There are different parts of your partnership with The Batman? Yeah, probably they get to use the logo on the pizza boxes or something. All right. Um. (laughs) It looks wild, and it looks even wilder in person. Yeah, I saw, so, like, their picture that they have as, like, the advertising picture looks, like, a lot cleaner than the pictures that I've seen of people who have done reviews of it. The general consensus seems to be that it's not very good. I still kind of want one, though. It's very greasy and, uh, hurts to eat. Hmm, I still kind of want one. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, like, if you're really in the mood for, like, Greasy pizza. A lot of bread. A lot of bread, a lot of cheese. Then go ahead and get it, I guess. Is there a Little Caesars near us? I have no idea. I'm going to Google it while you do the podcast. So I know that Little Caesars, they released like the crazy calzone. So I'm betting that if 
you've had a Little Caesars crazy calzone that it's similar to that. What it, makes the calzone crazy? Because it comes with a crazy sauce or something. Okay. I don't even know what crazy sauce is. It's just like marinara. <laughs> Maybe it's spicy. Maybe. I have no idea. Okay. I know what's for dinner tomorrow. I have never... <laughs> We're going to be down in Atlantic City tomorrow. Don't tell the listeners that. <laughs> Why, do you think they're going to come and rob us? Yeah. They don't know what day we record on. Okay. <laughs> also, by the time we release this, we will have already been there. Yes. Yes. So, hello from the past. That's not as exciting as from the future. No, I know. Can't give stock tips. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um... So, yeah, I guess if you like pizza, if you like calzones, well, if you like Little Caesars pizza, you know, Little Caesars is the one that we make fun of because they have the, um, they have the phrase, it's hot and it's ready. Oh. (laughs) That's, that's theirs. Okay. So, because Becca and I joke because the the phrase is, it's hot and it's ready. Is it good? It's hot and it's ready. (laughs) So, you know, what else more do you need, I guess? Exactly. Uh, you know what, though? I've never had a Little Caesars pizza, so I'd be honored for this to uh, be our first experience yeah, with Little Caesars. I don't know if I've eaten Little Caesars. Take my Little Caesars virginity. I. That's the worst sentence you've ever come up with. Good. <laughs> Can we talk about the movies that we saw? Please? I would love to. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Catwoman Hunted. Because I said that we would talk about that. It's the new animated movie that came out from Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, it also, it was directed by a anime director. I think we covered this in news at some point mm-hmm. in one of our previous episodes. I really liked it. I, like, it's not the greatest animated movie, but it's got this really cool sort of, like, 60s spy movie vibe going on that was pretty fun. Uh, the opening is reminiscent of, like, a 60s movie with the, this montage of, um, you know, sort of, like, storyboard animation type thing uh, where she's, like, driving a car and, and breaking into places that sort of sets you up for the tone in the movie. This isn't really spoilery. I'm just going to share a couple of thoughts that I had about the movie. Um, I like the fact that uh, I'm a big fan of the show Community, created by Dan Harmon. Uh, there were two actors from the final season of Community, uh, Keith David and Jonathan Banks, which, fun fact, Jonathan Banks also played Commissioner Gordon in Arkham Knight, hmm. because the guy who voiced Commissioner Gordon for like the animated series in the first few Arkham games had died by the time that Arkham Knight had come out. Aw. Yeah. It also has my favorite rhetorical question asker, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, that's true. Yes, Jonathan Frakes plays, uh, what is he, an Interpol agent. Yeah, King Um, Faraday. Yeah, and then there's also, uh, there's a character who is Alfred's daughter, Alfred's estranged daughter, that we covered in our Alfred episode where we talked about his, like, comic history. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got an awesome jazz soundtrack. The movie has this really, really cool jazz soundtrack that I would probably listen to, like, outside of the movie if I could find it anywhere. Uh, Catwoman is brutal in this movie. She straight up, like, murders two guys by, by sending them careening off a cliff in a car. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not, I don't want to say it's, like, mature, but, you know, it's got a, it's not like a kid's cartoon. No, there's, like, a whole seduction scene with Batwoman. 
That's true. It gets it gets pretty hot and steamy. But they don't actually kiss. <laughs> She's basically just using it to steal her phone too, which mm. I thought was funny. The the one thing that bothered me was that uh, Batwoman never like realizes that her phone got stolen. I think that would be fun. It would have been like a funny little scene to have her like come back and be like, "I know that you stole my phone" or mm-hmm. something. But they never they never touch on it after after it happens. And uh, finally, just the the woman who's playing Catwoman, Elizabeth Gillies, I believe, is how you pronounce her name. Uh, she's doing a she does a great job. Like she she's a very good voice actress. Um, she put a lot of character into the character of Catwoman. It was nice. It was, it was a good. good. Movie. Uh, you know, recommended. Solid animated film. Worth the um, what was it like four bucks that we spent to rent it on Vudu or mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worth watching. Okay, so, <laughs> The Batman. Wow. So, I guess, spoiler-free review up at the top, and then we're going to get deep into spoilers. So, definitely go see this movie in theaters. Don't wait for it to come on HBO Max. The experience of seeing it in theaters with, like, a Dolby sound system, especially, is, like, Oh, man. Peak. Yeah, when, okay, I don't think it's spoilers to say that the Batmobile is in the movie because that's yeah. in the trailers. When he like revs the Batmobile and it like shook the theater, it was pretty cool. It was amazing, yeah. So uh, it's the best David Fincher movie that David Fincher never made. <laughs> it's just a pure detective story from start to finish. There's about three action scenes in this entire three hour long movie. And I'm fine with that. I'm happy about it. If your jam is Batman the Animated Series, Long Halloween, just like uh, Batman audio adventures, just like those neo-noir, really like pretty slow paced, like methodical, it just keeps like getting deeper and darker kind of Batman stories, then this is definitely the Batman movie for you. It's just... It's also like a little hopeful at the end. It's it's truly something just so different than any other like mainstream Batman big screen cinema that's ever been seen. And in my personal opinion, I think Josh might think differently. I think it's the best movie since 1989 and might even be better than Batman 1989. I thought it was just absolutely everything that I wanted out of a Batman film. Here's the thing. I'm not going to give like a quality evaluation, but I think that 89 is a more of a fun movie yeah. to watch than I didn't want. One. I didn't want it to be fun. <laughs> you didn't want it to be fun? No, I hate fun. And, and I don't think that slow is necessarily the correct word to use. It's... Deliberately paced. We said the same thing at the same time. It's deliberately paced. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, it is a three-hour movie, but, you know, it doesn't ever feel like it drags. Like, I wouldn't call the movie slow. No. It's a a slow burn, perhaps, is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, There's also plenty of Easter eggs that don't really get in the way if you're not a huge fan, and we can get a little bit more into that when we get into spoilers. 
Um, but it was, I, I kept like hitting Josh every time like a little Easter egg thing would pop up and he would be like, I know, yeah. I, I got it. Yeah, we're both Batman we, fans. We you, both got you it. You don't need to tell me that the bust, that the Shakespeare bust that he has in his study is like a reference to the 66 television show. Yeah. And I think it, I, so I love Robert Pattinson. That's why this is his favorite podcast because I always will give him a good review I think he's just been so fantastic in literally everything he's done, including Twilight. Don't at me. And I really, really just enjoyed, like, all of the scenes where he was out of the Bat costume especially, but I really liked him as Batman, too. Um, so, you know, this is where you and I disagree, because I thought that Pattinson's Bruce Wayne wasn't personable enough. He didn't be need to be. I didn't want him to be. Because... In I guess in my head, Bruce Wayne is a billionaire playboy. So he needs to have a public persona which is like personable and gives you that feel that like he's popular with women and he's popular with the socialites. Because otherwise, if he's just a recluse, then it doesn't it doesn't make sense when he is like forced to go to all of these debutante balls and has to rub elbows with like the the upper crust, you know? Okay. But none of that was like part of this story. No, I I and understand that. My thought is, you know, the fact that this is like an early Batman story where I mean he's even reminded by Alfred, like, hey, you have to like keep up appearances, but he's like not ready for that to be a part of his life just yet. So he's still, you know, he's still mourning the death of his parents. He's still, you know, trying to figure out his place in this city and this world and this life. And he's a he's a young and inexperienced Batman. And you really worry about him. Before we end our spoiler free section, uh, would you like to comment any on the like characterizations without giving spoilers? Uh, no. Okay. All great performances all around. Okay. I thought this interpretation of the Riddler was different than we're used to seeing. He's more of like an autistic school shooter type guy. Well, let's get into spoilers and we can give a little bit more detail about everything. Okay, okay. So yeah, I do want to go character by character. Uh, I'd like to start with Batman, obviously, okay. the main one. Um, like I had said, you really root for him because he's clearly brilliant and passionate about what he's doing. Um, but he's just, you know, very unpolished. You know, he doesn't always have the correct answers. He does need a little help from Alfred and other people to sort of lead him into the, the correct direction. But he does have, you know, these really fantastic moments where he's like, oh, I figured it out. I'm actually a smart I'm a smart guy. I might be the world's greatest detective. <laughs> so I really love that about him. Um, and I personally really loved his scenes as Bruce, and I wish we had more of them. Uh, I really, really like this, like, brooding, recluse Bruce. And I like, I think this is how you do it, not how they had it in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, his relationships aren't perfect yet. He, like, kind of snipes at Alfred a little bit. They're, like, not really super close. They haven't really figured out their dynamic just yet. Um, and he also hasn't... Here's, here's the reason why I say it's fine that he's not, like, a billionaire playboy or, like, you know, rubbing elbows. He hasn't figured out what his daytime mask looks like just yet. Mm. He hasn't quite understood who 
is Bruce Wayne. You don't think he's built the Bruce Wayne persona just yeah. yet? You need, he needs to build his true self, which is Batman, before he builds the mask, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> okay, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And, and I guess the movie, now that we're in spoiler territory, does give a good jumping off point for that if they decide to do a sequel, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, there's a new mayoral campaign and they can like redo the revitalization project that's sprinkled throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So he can do, he can like start doing his philanthropy work. Yeah, that'd be good. And he's already sort of gotten a taste at the end of the movie about like, oh, it feels nice when people look up to me. That's, that's good. Uh, <laughs> so maybe he'll be like, oh, I guess I could probably incorporate that more into my daytime activities. <laughs> yeah. I guess also the mayoral candidate, when she talks to him, is talking about like the, you need to do more, your family has a history of philanthropy, so that also gives a chance for him to sort of push him into the philanthropy Mm -hmm. and doing more public appearances and stuff. Yeah, totally. I think a sequel would be a great place where we get an introduction to Harvey Dent. It's really because they could be like, oh yeah, the last DA exploded. Here's our new one, Harvey Dent. That's true, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. the last DA explodes. (laughs) So yeah, he can can run a campaign. Yeah. And then, you know, we can can have a Two-Face story. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, Well, you have Sal Maroney died before this movie started, and Carmine Falcone is now in jail, so... No. No, he's not. Oh, yeah. No, wait. He got shot. <laughs> he, he got sniped. Um, so, yeah, there's nobody to throw acid in his face. But you know what? They did a fine job of that in The Dark Knight. I fig- They could figure out a, a, another way to have him get yeah. disfigured. I like the fact that he gets disfigured in a courtroom. I think it's, like, very... Yeah. It's very, like, uh, symbolic, you know? I really hope if they do a two now we're just now we're just spitballing. We're spitballing <laughs> the Batman two. Um, if they do a two face story, I would really love for Harvey to like already have like dissociative identity disorder triggered by anger. I think that would be amazing if they just like did that. They just like pull from the animated series. Chef's kiss, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> wait, the Batman two face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then in parentheses, also Riddler's here. Or not Riddler, also Joker's here. Please see the movie. Riddler's back. Riddler's back. Also, he brought his best friend, the Joker. Uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to move on to talking about uh, Gordon. Okay. All right. Uh, he's an active Gordon. I liked that about him. Yeah. He doesn't get left on the rooftop to be like the butt of the joke. It's not like he's just like, ah, Batman, save the city. Ah, where'd he go? I'm going to do paperwork. You know what? This is something I was going to say in our spoiler-free section when we talked about, like, the Easter eggs, is that this movie is very reverent of the source material, is how I've I've put it. Um, This Gordon is ties back to like the very early golden age versions of the character Mm -hmm. where he works directly with the police. Yeah. And this is like a Gordon who actively works with Batman. Like Gordon is using his police resources to get him into crime scenes, 
to like you know bring him evidence to like look at and stuff it's it's a very much a partnership yeah. this is not like you know batman comes and just like tells gordon something yeah. that he i found. figured out the mystery because yeah, you're exactly. bad at your job yeah, yeah 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 no this is like an actual partnership they work together which is great because mm-hmm. it's something that you again don't see in a lot of adaptions yeah it's, it's a, something that really solidifies the fact that like they trust each other and they need to trust each other because each one of them is relying on the other to you know help solve cases and put people behind bars Mm -hmm. and like speaking of it being a partnership i really love that moment where they both know that gordon isn't gonna be a victim of riddler because gordon's not corrupt yeah and they're like on the same like wavelength about that yeah yeah well gordon's like he's coming after cops and batman is like he's only coming after corrupt cops Um, I also like he disagrees on Batman's method a bit, like that line where Batman's like, no guns. And he's like, yeah, nah, that's your thing. Yeah. Um, But he ultimately sticks his neck out for him and breaks rank to do so. Uh, He knows that this creepy weirdo has value when solving these cases. (laughs) Oh, I really love that moment where in the crime scene, someone was like, hey, Gordon, should this guy be touching evidence? And he's just like, he's wearing gloves. It's true, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> he's wearing gloves. And on that point, I really love the whole like GCPD reaction to Batman. They don't quite get it yet. He's just this weirdo who's at the crime scene. Mm. And it struck a really good balance. It showed the reality that there can be good, well-meaning cops working for an absolutely broken department. I like that. I like that it sort of showed both sides. I've heard some people on Twitter calling it copaganda, but I think it's it's realistic. Look, in any huge city, in any small town, you're going to have cops who are good at their job and cops who are just awful at their job. And they're really, you can't just go around being like, you know, all cops are terrible because, no, there's going to be some that are in it for the right reasons and good at their job. Yeah, most, I mean. And I'm sure it's extremely frustrating for them to have to deal with people who are don't have the best of intentions when they put on their uniform in the morning. Exactly. People who are moonlighting for the mob. Exactly. Whatever. No, I love that line where, where I think it's uh, Catwoman is like, no, he, lo- he moonlights as a cop. No, no, no. That His was, real job. It was Batman was... and Gordon. It was, it was yeah. Batman's talking to Gordon and, and uh, Gordon is like, He's like, he, he moonlights for Maroney? And he goes, no, he moonlights as a cop. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. <clears throat> yeah, Gordon was great. Loved him. I, Jeffrey Wright? That's his Jeffrey name? Jeffrey Wright, yes. yeah. From He's Batman the Audio Adventures. Such a good actor. This movie had two Batmans. <laughs> I loved it. He's like such a good actor. Mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy every single time I think I've seen him on screen. Have you ever seen Angels in America? No. Oh, he's great in Angels in America. He plays a gay nurse, and uh, he's just fantastic. He has these scenes with, uh, what's his name? Um, Scarface. You know, Scarface. Not the puppet. What? The, the, the guy who's in the movie, say hello to my little friend. Oh. Al Pacino. Oh. He's got these, these scenes opposite Al Pacino. Ah, uh, just cinema. Ugh, amazing. That movie's seven hours long. We got to watch it. Anyway. Uh, Catwoman. Pretty good. Really good, actually. Uh, Good performance. I really believed her motivation throughout. Um, She's a very, like, year one inspired Selena in just, like, her look and her characterization. She's got a roommate. She lives in the ghetto. Yeah. Like, she works as, as like, a a stripper or... or, A waitress. Yeah, a waitress at a nightclub, Mm -hmm. I guess. I love the, the nod to her long Halloween 
backstory. In fact, that was actually when Josh like went to the bathroom a couple times, and it was when he was coming back from the bathroom that she had that big reveal that she's like, Carmine Falcone's my father. And I looked looked up at him as he was walking like, you know, down our road. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that is her backstory in Long Halloween. And you were like, I know. <laughs> yeah, like it, it does, it takes a lot from Long Halloween. Yeah. And, and it takes like the good parts of Long Halloween. Yeah. I really like uh, the, the, they bring back the, uh, Falcone was shot and he went to Bruce's father. Yeah. And then like, Bruce's father then later uses that to like call in a favor. That was like the first time in the movie that you and I were like, <gasps> like we just looked at each other in like surprise and delight that we were like, we know this story. Yeah. I don't know. To go back to the, the, the thing about Two-Face, it's a little weird that they would choose to do a long Halloween story without Two-Face. Exactly. When, like, it's that's such a Two-Face story. Definitely, definitely. But that's all right. Maybe we'll get more of a long Halloween if they do a sequel with Two-Face. The Batman Two-Face. Yes. <laughs> Excited for that. We're calling it that from We're now calling on. it that. Okay, so I do want to say one thing that I didn't really love with uh, Selena. I thought the love story was a little rushed. Mm -hmm. uh it didn't really feel I, like i didn't really feel it the first time they kissed um i thought that she was just kissing him to like shut him up maybe because he was he like tried to lecture her and then she like kissed him and she's like i can handle myself i got nine lives well it's later that she says that but whatever yeah you know what i mean though like yeah. you know she they're not really intimate and yeah. i i think like Robert Pattinson's awkward body language oh, yeah. is, is partially to blame for that. I have never seen him play a good like romantic lead. He's just <laughs> he's just too like he's stiff. So just awkward and like knows it. <laughs> like I I don't know if I've talked about this story on the podcast before, but like Robert Pattinson was filming a movie uh like several years ago. This must have been like five to ten years ago. And there was some girl who was, like, stalking him who would, like, hang out outside his hotel. And he was just, like, so, like, bored and depressed, like, being by himself in, like, a foreign country filming this movie that he, like, came out of his hotel room and he was like, do you want to have dinner with me? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> and throughout... She ended up disappointed. Yeah. No, throughout dinner, he kept just, like, complaining about his life and how lonely he was. And she, like, left. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how you do it. I love it. That's literally the most believable celebrity story I've ever heard in my life. And I just, I really feel for him. He's great. Do we think, I mean, I haven't seen him in very much else. Like, I've seen his performance in Twilight. Is he just like that all the time? Yeah. So he, he's got the same issue that his, uh, the, the woman who was opposite him in Twilight did, where she just, like, can't do anything other than sort of like pouty. Well, no, because she has an Oscar nomination now, and Kristen Stewart got way better as an actress. Did she? Yeah, she absolutely did. She, Kristen Stewart is fantastic. They're both fantastic actors, and I think they were like both pretty good actors back then as well. But you know, it's the source material was really a huge issue for both of them. Uh, no, you know, it's just he. He just doesn't really play romantic super well. <laughs> He's just a little too awkward. But I love it. And I want more of it. I have one more thing that I want to say about Catwoman. Um, if she was supposed to be bisexual, they could have done that way better. 
She calls the Russian girl her her like friend, roommate, whatever who gets murdered. She calls her baby a couple of times, uh, but then she starts making out with Batman, like you know, while they aren't really even sure like if she's dead or not, <laughs> and she just calls this girl her friend. And I thought it could have been a really good opportunity to have some good like bisexual representation. Uh, you could still have her and Batman kiss after giving her some time to mourn after her girlfriend's after her girlfriend's death. If you wanted to like still have that love story in there. I don't know, because when she first started talking to this girl and you see her like in the apartment, I got these very uh, similar vibes to uh, the character from Sherlock. Uh, what's her name? Irene Adler, who's, you know, she's like pretty unambiguously bisexual. And even though she like flirts with Sherlock, she also has like relationships with women. There's a part in her episode where she says, she just is like, I'm gay. I don't know. I feel like you really could have gotten like some pretty good bisexual representation, but instead you're like, oh no, they're just friends. Don't worry that she calls her baby. And like, I guess. didn't read it that way. Yeah. I just thought she used baby as like a term of endearment. I guess. Because, I mean, she grew up around like the mob and stuff. So, you know, calling, calling a woman baby as just sort of like a, like, oh, like don't cry, baby. Like, that's not... It's not unheard of. Okay. You know? I'm a woman and no other woman has ever called me baby. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, just my two cents. You're also, you grow up in a bad part of town. I guess not. Uh, any other thoughts on Catwoman? Not really. I did want to talk about uh, Pattinson's Batman one more time. Yeah. I know that we talked about, uh, I think in news, maybe, maybe, or maybe we just talked about it between ourselves. That Pattinson like refused to like work out and get yes. off. <laughs> yes, and you know what? It worked. Yeah, and he, he looks good. He, it's an early Batman story. He he moves very well. Mm -hmm. uh, he's you know in the fight scenes in the few fight scenes that there are, um, he does a really good job at seeming imposing. Honestly, all of the fight scenes gave me like the Arkham games vibe, mm -hmm. where um, I mean all the guys don't come at him one at a time, but they come at him maybe like two or three at a time and yeah. he's able to like parry and throw them around and, you know, just sort of... Use sort of, tasers. Yeah, and and I think the, the cool thing about it is that because Robert Pattinson is not like, you know, this big buff guy, there's a lot of his fighting style where it's him like redirecting the weight and momentum of the guys who are coming at him. Mm -hmm. So he's not always like, you know, stopping them dead in their tracks and punching them. He's a lot of the time just sort of like sidestepping and pushing them into something or, you know, like deflecting a, a hit and then sort of like using the momentum that they already had from the swing to like flip them over or something. Yeah. You know, which is, it's really cool. Like it, it's visually really cool. Mm -hmm. I like these fight scenes. I thought that the, the framing of the fight scenes was really, really good. It's super refreshing to have like a superhero movie where the fight scenes aren't like you know, 10 cuts a second. So where you like, don't know what what's going on mm -hmm. because they couldn't be like bothered to do good fight choreography. You know what else I noticed? There's no slow-mo in this movie. That's true. There is no slow-mo in this movie. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you mentioned that he moves really well. I watched an interview last night actually where Robert Pattinson talks about the only stunt that he can do is a somersault 
or as he calls them, roly polies. <laughs> so he's such a weird guy. I know. I think that's just what they call them in England because that's what the the like British interviewer was also calling them, roly polies. Um, but he said apparently every every time they they had Batman do a somersault, he's like, "That was really me. I was doing the roly polies." <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's kind of spry. Yeah. Well, again, you know, he moves really well. I, I liked it. I thought the fight scenes were cool. I, I thought they were framed very well. And, you know, I, I believed it, you know? I believed, like, yeah, this guy can take on a bunch of thugs by himself. Yeah. But also, he's not, like, clearing rooms. He's just, like, you know, getting lucky that they come at him one at a time. Yeah, when they were in, like, the, the police pen, like, he couldn't have taken all those guys no. if it had gone south. Yeah. That's why it's good that, like, Gordon jumps in and sort of, like, saves his butt, you yeah. know? So Paul Dano as Riddler. Yeah. I think I need to go back and watch this man's entire filmography. Because really? I have never seen a movie that he's been in before, but I might need to. I thought he was really good. Okay. Interesting. He does so much with, like, so little screen time. Like, I think he has less screen time in this than... Um, Heath Ledger had in Dark Knight. Definitely. So, Even and, though the movie is three hours long, he, yeah. he doesn't have that many He's lines. He's barely in it, yeah. That first shot of him was so incredible. I like, I gasped in the theater where the the mayor moves out of the way. You just see him standing there, like mm. behind him. I was like, oh wow, okay, I'm ready for a spooky movie. It's very creepy. Yeah, it was just eerie and suspenseful and he's just standing there the whole time he's on the phone just like breathing and you're just like, okay, like when is the murder? I, I was expecting a jump scare and I was kind of glad they didn't but I was like, this is going to be scary. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, the twist where you think he knows that Bruce is Batman, that was, but then he like doesn't uh it was really well done that whole scene was really well done you just like didn't exactly know how much he knew for a minute i thought it was gonna be like um what is that hush where riddler finds out that batman is is bruce wayne yeah yeah and i which is wouldn't be a problem i think that that is a really interesting thought experiment to have Riddler know who Batman is mm -hmm. and then Batman convincing him that like not to reveal it because a riddle is no good when everybody knows the answer to it mm -hmm. um so that's interesting I did think it was a little cringy when he started singing Ave Maria though <laughs> I was like okay so, yeah that whole scene is why I said earlier like he's he's got like a like sort of an autistic vibe going on well, he's a discord mod because so there's that is it discord I, it's he's a vlogger he's got it's like some weird he's a streamer he's a streamer on some weird like underground like conspiracy theory forum basically dark web yeah poggers in the chat i don't know <laughs> it was odd I, I that was a great scene too where he's the whole movie he's got like the voice changer and he's like justice is blind and then he's like hey guys so really excited for this terrorist attack tonight um <laughs> Terrorist Attack is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. That's not what he says. <laughs> Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, he doesn't say that either. This might be the last time you see me, but uh, just, you know, <laughs> keep the faith. And uh, I'm, I'm all, all my idiots. Love you. <laughs> he doesn't say that either. He, do he basically does. 
but yeah, so like in that scene at the end where he like he does like high pitched whining and then he like rocks back and forth to like self soothe. Yeah. Uh, I was like, is he really like they're making him like autistic? Okay, I guess yeah. this is like a different interpretation of the character. He's something. I thought it was neat that uh, when they arrest him, he has the multiple um, like IDs that have different names. Yeah. And one of no them is... Edward Nigma though. Wasn't one of them? Edward? One of them was Edward Nashton. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. so that was. And I thought they said like they got a a a, a match on him that was Edward Nashton, but his like driver's license or whatever said Edward Nigma. No, I was looking. There oh, was okay. no. There was no E Nigma. Okay, okay. I was. I was excited for it, but no, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to go back and like rewatch it. I I must have missed it. Yeah, I will say this though for Riddler and his grand plan. Batman didn't find all the bombs in time. That's true. He didn't. He in fact didn't find any of the bombs in time. <laughs> so that he created. Didn't find a... any of any of the any of the clues I in know. time. He's one step behind Riddler the entire movie. Pretty much. But uh, yeah, really good, really good like third act he, setup. He really only catches him <laughs> by like chance. Mm -hmm. the, the only reason that they they catch him is because there's like an eyewitness who reports him. Yeah. Well, he doesn't run very far. I think he kind of wanted to get caught for some reason. Maybe. He's just like, I'm not, I'm not running. <laughs> and mood. Get that. Yeah. I mean, he, he does, he knows that he has his followers to like finish the job for him. Mm -hmm. And by the time he's arrested, it's too late to, to like get rid of the bombs. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really, really great setup for that. Like last huge action scene, which was like very much like, I don't know. Nature's Fury. Very spooky. Yeah. Who yeah. knew that Gotham was New Orleans? <laughs> <clears throat> so speaking of Hush, I wanted to point out another Easter egg that I really liked, which was that the man who Thomas Wayne possibly got killed was a reporter named Edward Elliot, I think. And then... Samuel Elliot? It wasn't Thomas Elliot. I know that much. But that was um, obviously a nod to Thomas Elliot from Hush. And there was even a part like shortly after that where like the screen flashed with like, but they kept it a secret. It said Hush. And I was like, ah, I get it. Sam Elliott is an actor. Sam Elliott is an actor. <laughs> that's not yeah. who it is. He's the one who said power of the dog isn't realistic because there were no gay cowboys, I guess. I'm going to look up what his actual name was. Okay. It was Edward Elliot. You were right. You have no reason to doubt me. <laughs> I'm always right. Thank you. That's not true. I, I know that that's not true. I'm often right. Anyway, yes. So I really like that because I love Hush and I thought the animated version of it was just atrocious. And I would love to see a real actual Hush movie. I would love... I, they wouldn't be able to do this without it feeling like bloated. But I would just really love a Batman movie where he's just like going through the night like there's like one main villain who's messing up his night but like you know along the way he's just like oh uh, stop that poison ivy get out of here ventriloquist just like little villains keep popping up and he's like oh I'll I'll call Gordon on you. Stop this. Basically, it sounds like you want a movie adaption of Arkham City. Yeah. Or something. But like, not like Suicide Squad, which like, yeah, there's like lots of villains, but like, they're all doing different things. 
I just, I really like it when Gotham feels like fully lived in. Yeah, alive. Well, that is something that is interesting about this movie. I told you after we saw the movie that I think that this is one of the best adaptions of Gotham as a city. Yeah. It felt like Gotham City. It felt like its own thing. I didn't feel like it was New York City like I did when in the Joker movie. It didn't feel like it was Chicago like it does in the Christian Bale movies. It felt like Gotham, yeah. like Gotham proper. Mm -hmm. You know, the only other movie that's felt like that has been the, um, not Schumacher, but the uh, Burton? Burton movies mm -hmm. where it has like its own architecture, its own sort of like city districts and stuff. That's some of the Easter eggs that they throw in is like, you know, they have the actual Gotham City like district names in the movie, mm -hmm. and if you know, like, the city, you know where they're talking about. You know, you know where the Narrows is. You know where, like, the docks is. You know, like, all this stuff. Yeah, where... the water. Well, I, I, I was struggling <laughs> to come up with a second one, honestly. And I, I was like, oh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, like, Triangle or something, but I couldn't come up with it in time, so I just said docks. Mm. They never mentioned Crime Alley. We'll get to that, though. Okay. So, uh, speaking of minor villains, though, I do want to mention Colin Farrell as the Penguin, who's interesting. Actually, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of, like, little villains in this where it doesn't feel overbloated. Because you got the Penguin, you got the Riddler, who's the main villain, but then you also have, like, Carmine Falcone. Yeah, the two mob bosses. Yeah. Like Maroney's not in it. Maroney's mentioned, though. Yeah. You know? R.I.P. <laughs> He never got to throw acid in Harvey's face. And you have all of these, like, crooked cops, crooked DAs. Yeah. Which I think add to, like, the just how deeply seeped in corruption the city is at yeah. that point in Batman's career. Which is great because, you know, if I were to describe this movie, I would say that it's a very good blending of, like, a year one with a long Halloween. Mm -hmm. Where you have this, like, very 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 deeply corrupt city and it focuses a bit on the fact that the cops and the and the like mayor and all this all these people are corrupt but also you have this long halloween storyline mm -hmm. going on uh where there's like a killer that they have to try and track down and find yeah uh you know it really shows the reason why gotham needs batman because the cops are not there for the people, yeah. by and large. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, there's a lot of crime and the GCPD can't handle it. It's like, no, the GCPD... Is in on the crime. Is in on it. Like, yeah. there's, a, there's a reason why Gotham is so crime-ridden, and it's because a lot of people turned a blind eye. The system is broken. The system is so completely broken yeah. that it needs to be worked outside of. But now we've and got that's a, why there needs to be a vigilante. We've got a cool black mare, we've got a Batman, and, like, <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about the Penguin. Um... So he's going to have an HBO Max, like, spinoff, which is really exciting. Um, I thought it was a pretty good setup to the character. Uh, loved the makeup. I loved his teeth. That was, like, mm. really cool to have just, like, the shiny, like, one gold tooth, when it, like, zoomed in on his face. Um, I don't know why he couldn't have still been British, but whatever. He was, like, I don't know, Italian. Yeah. It's like, you're an Irish actor, but okay, sure. Yeah, they I, they dropped the British thing for, uh, like, the Gotham television series, too. I don't know why. I like it. Let the I penguin guess. be British. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess he's like, he's a Gotham native, so it wouldn't really make sense that he would have a British accent. I think that the animated series does it where it's an air that he puts on. Like, he's not actually British. Yeah. He just My aviary of doom! Yeah, he's... He's like, he, he speaks in a funny manner because he thinks it makes him sound more fancy. He does. He's right. <laughs> Oswald Cobblepot. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but really good. Another cringy part that I thought was sort of weird was when he's the one who like figures out the like Spanish clue. Yeah. And, like helps them out. I was like, where did you learn Spanish? But all right, sure. I mean, he runs a nightclub. Sure. All right. And then I guess the last character that I wanted to talk about was uh, Alfred, played by Andy Serkis, who I really love seeing him outside of like, like motion capture is like the thing he's known for. Mm. Like he's Gollum. He was the ape in the Planet of the Apes movies, all like 14 of those. Um, But I really have liked him so much in, um, he was in Black Panther Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He was the bad guy in Black Panther. Yeah, and he's so good. Well, the secondary villain in Black Panther. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I liked that his Alfred and Bruce, and I did sort of mention this before, I liked their relationship wasn't great yet. There was, there's room for them to grow. Yeah. Uh, They're still hiding things from one another. There's still sort of like sniping at each other and Bruce doesn't see him as a father figure yet. Mm-hmm. And I also really liked that nod to his time in MI6 but it sort of kept it vague that he was like, oh yeah, doing a little code breaking from my time in the service. Oh I'm yeah. Like, Alright, I see you Alfred, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and I like that he still wants Bruce to keep up appearances. But who the hell was that made? And does she know that Bruce Wayne is Batman? <laughs> Is she supposed to be like their uh, aunt, aunt Harriet? Aunt Harriet? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Her name was like Corey or something. Huh. I was like, who the hell is that? When she showed up, I was like, who are you? <laughs> Get out of there. Get out of there. Yeah. No, then just that cufflink scene was really heartwarming. That's true, yeah. When he's like, oh, you know how many cufflinks? I'm going to give you my cufflinks. And then they were little Wayne cufflinks. So cute. So then I just have some uh, kind of miscellaneous thoughts to, to round it out. Um, I said this at the top, but uh, there were only three action scenes in this movie. And in my opinion, I mean, the that bomb's was, exploding is an action scene. I'm counting that. I'm counting the first scene in the subway, the okay. car chase, and like that whole long third act from the time that like the bombs exploded. What about the fight in the nightclub? Hmm. Okay, four action scenes. There's the fight on the subway... There's the fight in the nightclub. There's the car chase. There's the second fight that where Catwoman is like trying to shoot Falcone. And then there's the like the extended last action scene, which is like a gunfight with the the Riddler lackeys and also the the flooding. I'm only counting yeah, those four scenes. I'm I'm not counting the Falcone one. That's five. Anyway, Why not? Why anyway, not the Falcone scene? Cause. He he Batman literally fights through Falcone's men. There's like that that cool thing oh, where yeah, he's in the elevator. He's like going down the hallway and he because he's turned the lights off, the only like views that you get are the muzzle flashes as he's like throwing the guys around. Okay, sure. Five five action scenes. Five action scenes in a three hour movie. Yes. But that's all it needed. Because it was really cerebral. There was actual detective work. I mean, they picked the most cerebral villain yeah. for him to fight. Very true. I also like that a lot of the, like I said earlier, like Batman's clearly brilliant, but he doesn't have all the answers. And I like how sometimes the answers just came from 
uh, like a fresh pair of eyes with different experience looking at the evidence. Like when he's looking in Riddler's apartment and the cop is like, oh yeah, that's the thing that they used to scrape up carpets. My uncle works scraping up carpets. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, perhaps I should use it to scrape up the carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because it, it kind of points to him maybe using that as like a reason for him to get so involved in like learning everything he can about everything mm -hmm. because it allows him to realize that like knowing little facts like that are going to help him on future cases yeah. like you know th there's this thing that batman has where he's sort of this jack of all trades where he mm -hmm. he knows these little weird factoids that he like shares with robin especially in a lot of the silver age comics that yeah, we cover where they needed to be like and the children will learn something at this point exactly yeah, yeah 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 uh and and it's interesting to see that like maybe this this sort of thing is what spurns him to do that you know yeah. just sort of like read through encyclopedias to figure stuff out that's a good headcanon i like that <laughs> I want to go back to what we were just saying about uh, how Gotham was such like a fully realized setting. I feel like Gotham was almost like the main villain of this mm. story. Uh, gang wars, drugs, corruption all the way down, and a broken city that just needs a symbol of hope. I especially really love that in that first fight scene in the subway, the victim who was mugged like pleads with Batman not to hurt him. Oh, yeah. Because he just doesn't know what the hell is going on. And I was like, wow, that's really something that I didn't expect to see in this. I mean, it's something that you see in a few Batman adaptions mm -hmm. or a few times in the comics where, I mean, Batman's whole thing is fear. Like, mm -hmm. the reason why he dresses up as a bat in, and, like, you know, hides in the shadows is to instill fear. And... It's so cool in that opening scene where, like, they got there's like three different scenes of crime happening, and all of them are sort of looking around, looking in the shadows because yeah. they're a little scared. And it it's great to build that that mythos of like you know he's he's instilling that fear in in people to maybe make them think yeah. twice about trying to do crime, instilling you know? fear in the superstitious and cowardly lot. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And so. That, that's a problem when he runs into people who need help because they are also afraid of him. <laughs> yeah. But after this, people will see him as a symbol of both fear and hope. That's so, true. Love that. Yeah. Uh, I thought there were some really, really good puzzles uh, that weren't too complicated or convoluted. There was no like, you know, Batman just like working stuff out and being like, oh, I know the answer because blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's no like jumps in logic. All the Riddler mm -hmm. stuff, which is, I mean, kudos to the writer of the movie because that is very hard to do. If you listen to interviews with like the people who wrote for the animated series they're like the reason why there's only two riddler episodes in the animated series is because it's hard to write a riddler story it is yeah you either have to go to like riddle books where you use like, riddle me this batman you, you use like old riddles that everybody knows the answers to or you have to make up a riddle yourself which you know not everybody's good at doing and you know I, it's tough. It's really tough. It's really mm -hmm. tough to do like a good Riddler story because of the fact that you have to come up with your own riddles. I agree. Yeah. Um, 
the thumb drive one I actually got pretty quick before they like even revealed it. I like I was like thumb drive, and then he was like thumb drive. And I was like, <laughs> I got it. Uh, and that rat puzzle was like a nice little revelation. And he's like URL, and I was like, oh my god, all right, yeah. sure, that's pretty good. Totally changed changed the topic completely. Okay, um, great reveal of the Batmobile, and they didn't overuse it. I like that it was just one one scene. That's true, yeah. It was like, really cool. Especially because he sits there and he revs it, like, taunting them, yeah. almost. Very good. And like I said, it rattled the theater because we saw it in the Dolby Atmos theater. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole car chase scene is neat. It did go on a little long, uh, but the, the very end of it where there's, like, the car pile up and Penguin's like, yeah, I did it, I, I, I outran him. And then Bat, the Batmobile just, like... Over the through explosion. fire, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was very, good. very cool filmmaking. I always love to see like a car stunt scene like that. Yeah, Josh has watched all of the Fast and the Furious movies, and he thinks they're actually good. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that that wasn't like CG'd. The the explosion might have mm, been. Probably. I don't know. the The car actually like jump though i could see that like the suspension buckling on the on the when it when it lands and stuff that was like a real batmobile like stunt car that they they used yeah um it was very cool it was it was really neat also the end of that scene where like batman is just walking like with the fiery background towards penguin mm-hmm. uh very spooky cool movie i got a question what's that at the end uh in the third in the, the big fight scene at the end does Batman inject himself with venom? That's a good question. When I saw it, I thought that it was just adrenaline. Yeah. Um, it's in like a it's in a vial that has like a green on it or yeah. something. And some people who've seen and the he, movie think that it's venom. He's got like a little cutout in his in his suit, like specifically for like this is the port that my syringe goes into. Really? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he like I don't know flips over something in his pants. Then oh, he's like, okay. Pow. Oh, I thought that was him grabbing the vial with like out of no, his. No, it was like two his, like, motions. He, he grabs it and then he like flipped the thing open and was like, oh, jammed it into his like. He reacts like uh, he reacts as though it's venom. He like oh, sort of like gets, roids out. Yeah, for a he minute. gets like very angry and like almost kills the guy that he's he's beating. Yeah, uh, and they have to like stop him. But I don't know. I mean, regular adrenaline will do that to you too. If yeah. you just like tra- straight up take adrenaline. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could look at it two ways. It was either adrenaline or maybe it was just like another one of those like little Easter eggs. Exactly. Yeah, it's like oh. a setup for them we to don't be know. like, you know, hey, venom exists in this universe. Yeah. Speaking of drugs. Why couldn't they use a real drug when they I were talking know. about the big drug problem in Gotham? Why could they just say, like, heroin? They call them, like, droppers or something? Drops. Drops. Dropheads. Dropheads. And they never clearly show you what it looks like. Like, it, maybe it looked at one point like people were, like, putting in their eyes. Or maybe I just didn't see that clearly. Yeah, I don't know. It was very odd. It was yeah. an odd choice for them to do that. Yeah. It took me out of the movie a little bit because... Like a drop can also mean like a location where you leave drugs or money or information. Mm. We just went to the spy museum a few months ago. So I sort of had that in my head when when they first mentioned like, oh, yeah, drops. I was like, okay, yeah, we're like spies leave like information and then they go away or like money. Uh, So I wasn't really sure what they were talking about at first when they talked about drops. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was an odd choice. Maybe it's something 
that's going to tie into like that GCPD show that they were talking about, or having. the Penguin show, maybe, or yeah, something like that. I don't know. I it's it, like I like I said to you earlier, uh, like before the podcast, it felt like something where like a television show had standards and practices come to them and tell them that they weren't allowed to use the name of a real drug, so they had to change it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's a movie and mm. it's rated PG-13, so there's no reason why they wouldn't be able to use a real drug. <laughs> yeah. Oh, something that we didn't touch on, I sort of wanted to talk about when we were talking about the uh, reporter. Um, they also bring up the Arkhams, yeah. which is interesting as they're like, oh, the founding families of Gotham and one of them is, is, is the Arkhams. Mm -hmm. And uh, it makes me interested to see if they might do like a live action version of the Arkham Knight or something. Mm. Like an Astrid Arkham, who's the... Oh, not Jason? No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, the, the daughter... Like, the comics version of the Arkham Knight. Gotcha. Where it's, like, the daughter of uh, Arkham... Of, uh, what's his name? Jeremiah Arkham. Jeremiah Arkham? Sure. Yeah. Whoever is, like, in charge of Arkham. And she, like, becomes... Because she's at the asylum all the time, she becomes friends with the villains. So she views Batman as, like, the person who hurts her friends. Mm -hmm. so that's and like, she's right. So that's the reason why she becomes like a, a villain and like tries to crush Batman is because she's like, you hurt my, my friends, my mentally unwell friends. Yeah. So that would be interesting. Uh, I'd like, I, yeah, I'm interested to see if they bring that back and what they want to do with it. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot that you can do with the lore behind the Arkhams. Yeah. Well, I like that they made Martha Martha an Arkham, and they sort of talk in that scene about how, you know, when Thomas Wayne was getting mixed up with Falcone, it was just to protect his wife, uh, because for some reason, they had this odd choice to vilify Martha's mental illness, I guess. That was... Kind of a, a weird look. Yeah, they were like, she was in and out of the mental hospital, and yeah, that like, was going to ruin his mayoral campaign. Okay, weird. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wish they hadn't hand-waved away the Wayne's moral ambiguity. Like, you had this one scene where Bruce is like, oh no, what if my parents were bad? And then in the very, like, five seconds later, Alfred wakes up from a coma to be like, no, Bruce, don't worry, your parents were perfect. <laughs> Well, not perfect. He says, like, well, your father made a mistake. And like I said earlier, you know, he calls in that favor to Falcone where he says, like, hey, can you stop this reporter from releasing this dirt on my wife? Mm. And Falcone's like, yeah, I killed him. And Thomas is like, that's not what I asked you to do. No. <laughs> also, speaking of Martha's mental illness, is this maybe a nod to the Flashpoint Joker Martha? Ooh. Mm, Easter eggs, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. Also, speaking of Martha... I have never been so happy to not see a slow motion shot of Martha's pearls cascading down a dirty alleyway. <laughs> I love that they didn't give any crap about showing you any sort of backstory. They were just like, listen, it's 2022. You know how Batman's parents died, okay? Even if you've never heard of Batman before, you know that Thomas and Martha Wayne got shot in an alleyway. I mean, think about it. Like, the first Batman comic didn't show his parents getting killed. Yeah. 
Like you don't need it. You to, don't need to, it to get into the to dig in, to get into the like the the series. Like yeah. if you if you wanted to, you could jump right in. Mm-hmm. And I kept expecting them to be like, "Oh, here comes the flashback. Look, look at his eyes. Here comes the flashback." And then no, no flashback. And I was they, like, "They, they. I mean, they talk about the shooting like uh, multiple times in yeah. the movie. They just don't show it, which yeah. is great. You know, it was great. I loved it. Well." I'm a little devastated that this might all get retconned or never followed up on with the with the flash with the flash movie that's coming out because this is a great universe and I want two more movies even if we just do Joker again <laughs> I'd be happy with that Joker uh, oh was, that's true yeah we didn't talk about that yeah he's played by what's his name Riley Keough I can't really pronounce it he was in Eternals he was fine in Eternals. Okay, well, oh, I thought you were going to say he was fine as Joker. And I was oh. like, oh, I didn't like his performance. He had, like, three lines. You can't really get anything from that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's... I really hope that they don't do the Joker. I think Matt Reeves has given an interview, like, after the movie released, that he said something like, oh, yeah, that Joker cameo thing was just to, like, sort of build out the world and make you, mm. like, realize that there's there are, like, other villains there. But I, I really hope that he doesn't, like come back as like the main villain of the next movie mm-hmm. his name's barry keogh sorry i got his name wrong okay okay <laughs> uh yeah i'd like to see somebody else we were talking like what what's batman villains that haven't been used in live action that they could use baby doll <laughs> ventriloquist ventriloquist i think would be fun he's a mobster character you could have Ah, oh, what would be really cool because Penguin is a mobster. If there was like a gang war between Penguin and Ventriloquist, yes, that would be pretty neat. Uh, we said Kite Man, Firefly. We're being serious. Okay, Clayface was the big one. Clayface was the big one. We haven't had. He's like one of the main villains of Batman's Rogues Gallery that we haven't seen in done in like a live action adaption. Mm-hmm. Now. Question for you. Would you rather see like a golden age Clayface where he's like an actor or would you rather see an adaption of sort of more of a Matt Hagen uh, Clayface where he's uh, a guy who is a monster? <laughs> um, I feel like you couldn't do like the drippy Clayface because that would just be too much CGI. But I think it would be cool to have like a Basil Carlo who can like shape shift his face you know, they've kind of done that in the X-Men movies with Mystique. So, like, it's, you know, very doable. And maybe he also kills people and takes their place in the movie that they're filming so that he can be the, the best actor ever. I think that would be really cool. But then maybe it goes wrong and halfway through the film, he, like, becomes, like, monstrous and, yeah. like, crazy and creepy and very, like, Phantom of the Opera. I think that would be very cool. If they do it like they did in the animated series, I mean, he has that, like, face cream stuff that allows him to help change his face Mm -hmm. so they could do that and then like you said like by the end of the movie maybe the final act or whatever he's all drippy he gets like turned into the big clay face you know he runs into the sewers and he teams up with solomon grundy (laughs) yeah that'd be great you want another team up film i thought this film really benefited from having riddler be like the main villain yeah falcone was in it but he wasn't, like, necessarily an antagonist to the Batman. Like, Batman wasn't trying to solve crimes that Falcone orchestrated, and Falcone never worked 
with the Riddler. Yeah. Riddler that, was actually trying to expose Falcone yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. time. I think that that's, that's one of the reasons why I dislike the Schumacher movies above just the camp, is that because each of those movies tries to, like, shoehorn in two different villains, in the case of Batman and Robin, it's, like, three, because they also throw Bane in there for no reason. I know. Uh, like... It, it doesn't give enough screen time for either of the characters to really breathe. Yeah. Um, so, I, like I said, I really like the fact that, that, you know, it's Riddler in this one and he's like the main one. And, you know, you can have Catwoman in it because she's not like working with the Riddler and there doesn't need to be scenes showing why they're working together or them butting heads or anything mm -hmm. like you know batman's got a case to solve he's got one case to solve the movie needs one case to solve it doesn't need two <laughs> yeah but yeah really good really solid definitely go see it i hope you've already seen it if you listen to this far into the <laughs> um, i mean some people can listen to spoilers without actually caring uh i sometimes am like that because i find that Sometimes knowing things about the movie beforehand will add to my enjoyment of it because mm. I'll be able to catch little things. Not me. I do want to see this movie again, though. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Like, We're going to watch it when it comes out on HBO Max. Mm, I might go see it in theaters again. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's just the it's so good. Do you want to like change the theater experience? you want to go see it like an IMAX or something? Ooh, yeah. I want to go see it at one of those dine-in theater places and get a big... I don't know. Get a big steak dinner while I watch it. Get a big calzone. Get yeah. A big calzone. Eat it with a big Batman calzone. <laughs> All right. Well, and now that we've said the word calzone, <laughs> that means it's the end of the podcast. Yes. We've been Batmates. Um, thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Batmates. And you can email us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. What do we post on our Twitter? What do they have to follow? You know. <laughs> <laughs> tweets <laughs> Russian propaganda mostly we need to hire a social media manager yeah maybe alright have a good weekend bye